Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is marked for sensitive content. Check content warnings before listening. This week on The Breakup Breakdown. Everyone in my life will tell you, me and this person, we were destined like to be together. Things kind of started to go downhill. So instead of coming to my dad's funeral, he went to his buddy's birthday in Georgia. His friends, they were secretly taking videos of him taking shots out of this girl's tits while I'm at my dad's funeral. This is worst case scenario. But it gets worse. There's no way it can get worse. That little snippet you just heard is only the beginning of a crazy story that has so many twists and turns and ends with a wedding that, you guessed it, doesn't involve the girl that we just interviewed. Hey, what's up? It's Abby Murphy. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Breakup Breakdown. If there's a certain part of the interview you want to jump to, if there's a certain part of the story you just want to hear about, we've got all the timestamps in our episode description. Also, thank you so much to anybody who has left us a five star review on spotify or apple Podcasts. i love reading your comments and hearing your feedback in my dms it's really cool to not just have a one-sided conversation but to also hear what you think about the episodes and if you related to anything all right let's get into this week's episode hey what's up it's abby hey there it's lexi we are back with another crazy breakup story and this one's gonna be kind of fun because we're gonna have to work backwards we are interviewing the person that got cheated on but the submission is about a bride and groom that are staying together because they cheated on this girl while they were together so the wedding photos were posted with at the time the other woman yes this person got some wedding gossip like i guess people were like talking about it at the wedding okay so let me read, just read the submission. submission they said hey abby i've got a breakup i'd love for you to look into so my friend was a plus one at this wedding a while back and she came back with some wild gossip she said that everyone at the wedding was giving the bride and groom a hard time because of how they got together everyone was saying that they were hooking up while one of them was in a relationship and now they're just like married i need to know how that first relationship ended and why these people feel justified to stay together can you get the full story that's the big question right there like i'm just gonna stop you right there i don't know anything about this girl i don't know what we're about to hear but either way it's like that's what you're gonna hear at your wedding day and probably for the rest of your life like how did you two even stay together when you did this at somebody else's expense for so long i just don't get that how do you justify like when people ask you about your meet cute story how do you explain that there's always something skeezy that went down which is why i'm really excited for this episode is it like bad when we get excited I'm, just, I'm wondering if people are listening to this and going wow Abby and Lexi are just the worst people I've ever met well I will tell you you know just to like say it by the time we like reach out to these people they're okay with speaking about these stories we're not like hey you broke up yesterday I know you're still crying
crying, but let's <laughs> laugh while we give you these tissues. Yeah, I will say when they feel okay enough to come on the podcast, it's usually because they're in a place where they have moved on and they're able to articulate what happened. So you know that this person's going to be okay. They I feel like, okay. Abby, I will say it. I think this one's going to be juicy. I'm excited. Mm. All right, let's break down this week's breakup. Okay, well, let's start from the beginning. Talk to me about this guy. How did you meet him? And then when did it start to go wrong? I met my ex. We'll just call him Q for this whole thing. I met Q on Tinder many moons ago. I blew him off for months. We both got to know each other over Tinder because we like the same music. We both love EDM, love going to shows and festivals. He lived like two hours away. So I was like, forget this guy. I'm never going to meet him. I'm not going to make the drive. Like, I don't know you. I went to a venue and without even trying to meet this person, I turned around because I heard someone say my name and there he was and like the crowd parted. And I was like, oh my God, this is like my Tinder dude. And me being a crackhead, I walked right up to him and I kissed him and we started dating right from there. Did you skip the first date right to make out? Yeah, we told each other that we loved each other after like the first time we hung out. Like it was like very intense. Soulmates at first EDM gaze. You said that you blew him off for months. So when you saw him, like what switched? I wish I could tell you. I have honestly like to this day, <laughs> even though he is a sh- I will say to this day, I have never experienced a moment like that ever again in my entire life. Oh my God. It's just like inexplainable. Just like fell in love with him immediately. And then we dated for literally years after that. Yeah, it was the universe pushing you towards the chaos. Yeah, manifested that EDM bro. So when did it start to go wrong? What was the defining breaking point in your relationship? So truthfully, like we had a beautiful relationship for like three, four years. He was my homie, like my ride or die, my best friend. He was like, I want to go to school, but there's only a select number of schools that I can go to for the profession that he wanted to get into. He was like, are you cool with leaving your hometown? I was like, yeah, like, why not? Like, I'm down. Like, well, I'll do whatever. Like you pick where you want to move and I'm going to follow you because like you're my dude. I'll follow you. Pick Nashville, Tennessee. And I was like, cool. Like Nashville seems like super cool. Looking back on it now, super stupid, but you know, I was in love with him. So we up and moved to Nashville, but the caveat to that story where things kind of started to go downhill to show have been an omen. I don't know if you believe in that, but on our way down to Nashville, just to look at this apartment we signed a lease on, sight unseen, I get a call from like this random person. When I say I get a call, Q got a call. We had adopted a puppy who wasn't even a year old. His friend who was a dog walker was watching him, wasn't paying attention, and our one-year-old puppy got hit by a car and died. Wait, that's so funny that you bring that up because we did a whole episode where right before someone's relationship ended, their puppy died, got like got hit by a car. That's so weird. Maybe that's like yeah. the universal sign yeah. that the universe sends, but like your relationship is coming to an end. Not to take it in like a really dark route, but like I know people who have even, they either have like a death of a pet or like a miscarriage prior oh, yeah. to finding out if someone's like cheating on them or hurting them or something like that. Absolutely. These signs of like, hey, something's not going to work out show early on. You've never heard that? Well, no. No, I know that. like a few people who have had miscarriages before they found out like their lover was cheating on them. And looking back on it now, this was a sign. This was a sign for me not to up and move my whole life for this dude. Just so infatuated with this person. I thought I was going to marry him. I was like, I'm going to have your babies. It's going to be great. But that should have been like the pivotal moment moment that I knew I shouldn't have stayed with this guy. Well, were things starting to go wrong at that point with you two? So things were like a little rocky just because like I wasn't super close with my family. Him and his family were kind of just like, you should just cut ties with them. Like you don't need them. And looking back on it now, like that's super toxic. It was a red flag at the time that I kind of looked at it 
it like a pink flag instead of a red one. And I just totally ignored it. But like looking back on it now, that was definitely something that didn't sit well with me. Like I should have known better. Like my partner is telling me like, hey, you should cut ties with all of your family and move here alone with me. I should have known better. Yeah, I think that's like the number one sign of an abusive relationship is they try and cut you off from your friend, your family. Yeah, absolutely. So that was definitely the starting point of that. Honestly, everyone in my life will tell you me and this person, we were destined like to be together. Like we were soulmates until we moved to Nashville. That was the changing point of literally everything. If we never would have moved to Nashville, there is a possibility that maybe we would still be together. I'm glad that we're not. We could have probably still been together a lot longer. So you lived in Nashville for a little bit together. So what kind of happened once you got to Nashville? I had no friends. I was having such a hard time making friends, which is mind boggling to me because I'm very outgoing. And so I was just like coming home from work, drinking a bunch of wine and like getting drunk by myself and just like hanging out alone. My partner just kept going to the bars and hanging out with people that he met at school. And I was like, hey, like, do you mind if I come along? I really want to make friends. Can I piggyback off of your friendships, essentially? And he was like, no, I really want to have my own separate life from you, which really hurt me. And so at the time we shared a um, a laptop and I was like watching Hell's Kitchen or some shit at home on my Mac. And I see a text message pop up in the top right-hand corner from this girl. We'll call her Sam. And it says, you look so handsome today. Thank you so much for lunch. I can't wait to see you again. I'm so glad that we have whatever class they were in together next semester. I can't wait to see where this goes. Mind you, this dude told me that he was playing sand volleyball and I begged to come. Do I play volleyball? Hell no. Would I have played volleyball that night? Hell yes. Because I was lonely. (laughs) So I saw these messages pop up in real time. I'm seeing him text her back saying like, you look so great, blah, blah, blah. I was seeing red. I was so pissed. So I called him and I was like, you need to get your ass home. And then we chatted about it. Okay. How'd that conversation go? Oh, not good. I was enraged. And I found out that this, this girl, Sam was uh, freshly 18. And I was like, you have a whole woman at home. What are you doing? At first, it made me like look inwards. And I'm just like, what is wrong with me that you're looking for a literal child to fill whatever void this is when I'm like begging you to include me in like the smallest things like he would go get sushi with his friends like after school, I was never invited, he would go play sand volleyball, never invited. And I was just like alone sitting at home. So when I found those messages in real time, I don't think I've ever been so angry in my life. I feel like my soul left my literal body. Yeah. And that's the toughest thing is like, if you find someone that you're with and that you're serious about like cheating on you, it it definitely has a lot to do with, okay, like where did I do wrong? What made you want to go do that? Um, And I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, that's the, I think biggest misconception is the first thing is people are like, oh yeah, well they just wronged you. Don't worry about it. It has nothing to do with you. But you think at that time it has everything to do with you. Like, was I not good enough? Was I not giving enough? So I'm just like, I gave up everything for you. It just really, it really cut me down down to my core and it really messed with my mental health, made me question my worth, like what I was doing, leaving like my home for this guy. But like an idiot, I forgave him and we tried working through it, but I just could not get over it. I was having such a hard time. Fast forward about a month and a half later, I was working at a really big tech company at the time. I was having a horrible time. I hated my coworkers, people in the South at the, not saying everyone, let's not like make a generalization here. 
people in the South that I was interacting with at my job weren't treating me well. They would always say like, I want a male technician, not a female technician. You don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, oh, honey, like I have a pre-med degree. I'm smarter than half of these dudes in here. So work sucked. I was dealing with that every single day, hating my job and like coming home to a partner like that wasn't good to me. But I finally had the most amazing day at work. I got a raise. I got like a ton of recognition in our meeting in the morning. And I was like feeling so good. I called up Q and I was like, babe, I had the best day. I'm going to turn this around. I'm going to go get a bottle of wine. I'm going to make us dinner. Like, what do you want? I'm going to pick up ribeye. Like I'll make us ribeye. Like, I think this is a turning point. Like I felt so different looking back on it now. I didn't realize like the change in his voice at the time. Cause I was just so geeked that I finally had an awesome day in Nashville. It was the first time he was like, actually, babe, like, why don't you come home? Like, we'll go to the liquor store together. Like we'll, we'll pick up, out stuff for dinner together. And I was like, are you sure? Like I'm already out. I can just pick it up. He's like, well, why don't, why why don't you just come home? I'm like, okay, I'm like, sure. I come in. I didn't listen. I got two bottles of wine. So I walk in holding both. And I was like, are you ready to party? I'm so excited. I had the best day. And he was like, I think you should sit down. And I was very confused because he was like white as a ghost. So I was like, okay, like what's going on? Can I pour a, a glass of wine first before we sit down? I had no idea what he was going to say. And he was just like, I literally have no other way to tell you this. Your dad died. And I was like, excuse me. I didn't believe him because I listened to him and his family and I cut my dad off and I hadn't texted him since July. And then to add like a little bit more thickness to this milkshake here, let's make it malt. My dad messaged me on Facebook the night before he died. And he said, don't hold grudges. You don't know how long people are going to be on this earth. I miss you. I love you. And I hope you can forgive me one day. But I ignored it because I was an and I listened to my ex and his family and I just ignored my dad. I can't even imagine that conversation. So what happened next? Did you hop on a plane to go see your family? I have the most amazing friends. I got face drunk because I had no idea what else to do because I was super emotional. And while I was drunk, all of my friends got together and they pooled all their money and got me on a red eye. I don't remember truthfully, like if we're being honest here, I don't remember going to the airport. I don't know how I got through TSA because I was so drunk. I finally got on the flight. You didn't come with you for your dad's funeral. Yeah. So that's the funny thing. I go to the funeral home. I'm planning everything. A little backstory on my family is we're not like super close. I have an older brother and a younger sister, but my dad essentially left all of the decision-making up to me. Everything in his will was left to me, his house, his cars, everything was left to me. So obviously my older brother was a little spicy about this because he's supposed to be like the man of the family, whatever. But my brother struggled with with, um, drug and alcohol addiction, just like my biological mother. So knowing my dad, he probably didn't trust him to make the right decisions for the whole family. He would probably just think for himself. I'm at the funeral, like the funeral home planning it and everything. And it comes time for the actual services. For days, I'm asking Q, I'm like, I need you here. Please, I need your support. Can you please come? Can you please come fly here? I don't have any money to give you, but can you can you please get here? And he was like, I'm sorry, I can't come. Like, I don't have any money. And mind you, his parents are very well off. It kind of hurt my feelings, but who am I to like hit up his parents and be like, hey, can you pay for a very expensive flight just to come in for a day? So I chopped it up to that. I just accepted it, whatever. I don't know if you've ever had to plan a funeral or if you've lost someone super close to you, but they have a room within the funeral home that the family can go into with drinks and food if you need a break. I go into that room and I check my phone. I have an obscene amount of notifications for 
for Snapchat. I don't really use Snapchat that much, but I was like, you know what? Let me just like get out of my mind for a second, go on social media, just like pretend like I'm not actually here. I see a bunch of snaps from Q's friends. I was pretty close with them. Like we were super tight and I'm still pretty close with a lot of them today. And I opened the one from his friend who lives in Georgia and Q is with her in Georgia. Was like trying to piece it together. I was like, okay, maybe is this person in Nashville? Like what's going on? I'm trying to piece it together. But then I saw three more of his friends sending me Snapchats of Q at the bar taking shots out of this girl's tits. Wait, so are they in Georgia? Are they in Nashville? What's happening? He jumped on a flight to Georgia because all of his friends, because I'm from New York, all of his friends from New York were flying down to Georgia for his buddy's birthday. So instead of coming to my dad's funeral, he went to his buddy's birthday in Georgia. His friends, even though obviously their loyalty will always lie with him, they were secretly taking videos of him acting a fool and sending them to me while I'm at my dad's funeral. As they should have. That's disgusting. So gross. You have been with him at this point for what, four years? Four years. He's your life partner at this point. You'd expect him to be there for an important moment. Like we talked about getting engaged and like having kids. So like to see him taking shots out of some woman's breasts in Georgia when I'm literally suicidal in New York. Like my whole life is falling apart. Now my partner is cheating on me again. I know everyone's definition of cheating is different. That was to me cheating. This is like Abby said, your life partner. You think he's just at home focusing on school and not being able to afford being there for you. But he is all the way in Georgia. Whether a girl's involved or not, he's not where he's telling his life partner where he is and not cheating enough. Yeah, he's lying through his teeth. I have so many best friends. So like my other best friend, his name is Daniel. I asked him specifically not to come to my dad's funeral. I was like, I need you to be clear headed for me because I was staying with him at the time. I don't want you to see me like that. I want you to be as strong as possible because I really need you to help pick up my pieces when I come home. He was like, are you sure you don't want me there? I was like, I'm positive. Get a bottle of wine, order me some pizza. And I just want to hang out when I, when I get back. And so he stayed home. When I got back to Daniel's house that night, I showed him what I saw. And he was like, Marina, I have to tell you something. And I was like, bring it on. I can handle more, I suppose. I'm nervous. And I don't know how it can get worse than this. <laughs> so he shows me a text message from Q. Daniel was like, why aren't you in New York? Why aren't you here? Her dad passed away. Like, why aren't you here? And his text message, and I quote, because I'll never forget it, said, I'm not there because I don't want to be there. I never liked her dad. So I'm glad that he's gone. That is one of the worst things you could say to somebody. First of all, you're cut from your family which he made Mm -hmm. you like what was his problem with them like I don't understand I think it's just because I came from a really broken family and I truthfully believe when you grow up you come to a fork in the road right so I grew up with a drug addicted alcoholic mother and my brother kind of took on that role as well my dad was in the military super strict and when he saw my brother go one way with me being the middle child he did everything in his power to make sure I didn't go that way either which kind of came out sideways because he was super 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 hard on me. I wasn't even allowed to paint my nails. I wasn't allowed to get my hair cut. I wasn't allowed to wear makeup. I had a curfew, which is like normal to have a curfew, but he was just like very strict, would be sitting on the porch. If my curfew was 9 p.m. and it was 9.01, whoever was dropping me off, he would flip all lid. He was just very strict. And I think that Q was just like fed up with how strict he was with me, but that's still not a reason to manipulate me and to stop talking to, stop talking to my family. But it's also my fault because I listened. But it's hard when you're in a relationship and that person was the most important person to you at that point in time. So of course their opinion matters. If you think he's going to be your family in the future, you're going to prioritize him. Absolutely. And so like 
reading that message was really upsetting because I know that Q had lunch with my dad before we left for Nashville and asked my dad's permission to marry me one day. So I'm just like, you don't like my dad, but you also had a very intimate private lunch with him to ask to marry me. You don't like my family. Like, why would you want to commit to me on such a level? It was just, it was very complicated for me to read that message. So I'm very thankful that Daniel showed me that, but I still didn't learn my lesson because I ended up staying with him for another two years after that. Another two years? Why? When I was in Nashville, I solely relied on him and his family for everything. I didn't have a car. I hated my job. Uh, Rent in Nashville is astronomical. And when I moved to Nashville, the company that I worked for didn't adjust my pay at all. So what I was making in New York was the same as what I was making in Nashville. And it, it wasn't cutting it. So we really relied on them to like to help us out. Again, I was so in love with this person. I was also isolated as well. So looking back on it, he completely isolated me from everybody except for my tight knit group of friends, all my besties. It just made me feel so alone that I was like convinced what would I do without him at this point? So I just stayed with him for that reason. So you stayed with him for another two years. What was the final straw for you? When were you like, I got to get out of this? The final straw was that we went to Florida for Christmas because his family had like a timeshare there or whatever. So we drove there from Tennessee and I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and fly from Florida to Buffalo to see my family. When I get back, I'll just fly into Nashville. Like you can, you'll come pick me up or whatever. I get back from Nashville. I hadn't seen him in like two weeks or whatever. Obviously when you haven't seen your partner in a while, you want to, you want to have sex. So that's the first thing that we did. So I came home. We were just like having this awesome, beautiful sex. And it was so much fun. I miss my dude. And I just felt like everything was all right in the world. And then a couple days go by and I feel super sick. I had a fever. I like had like my lymph nodes were all swollen and something was like really, really wrong. And I couldn't figure it out. I text his mom because his mom's a nurse and I'm telling her all these symptoms that I have. And I'm like, I've never felt like this before. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm sick. It's like, it's super hard to explain. And I was in so much physical pain that I couldn't even walk. Q being, you know, the wonderful partner that he was said that he was too busy with his online like video game league that he ran and couldn't take me to the doctor. Took his car and I drove to the doctor. And to be more specific, I went to the OBGYN and I was just like, there's something wrong down there. I'm in so much pain. I can't even go to the bathroom normally. And I feel really, really sick. So she does like a full blood panel on me and does this whole screening and comes back into the room with another nurse and was just like, so you tested positive for an STD and it's not curable. And I was like, excuse me, what do you mean I have an STD? And she sat down next to me. The other nurse was holding my hand and was just like, you have herpes simplex virus. It's not curable. It's never going to go away. If you have any questions, call us and left. I had no idea about herpes. I had no idea really about anything about STDs other than what I learned like what in high school. And in high school, they just tell you uh, don't have sex, just be abstinent, which is just not logical. Like we're human with hormones and feelings and that's just not possible. I go home to Q. I'm in tears. And I said, can you explain this to me? Since you're the only person I've been with for six years, how I have this. And he's like, yeah, I meant to talk to you about that. After we have sex. Hey, by the way, I was like, what do you mean you meant to talk to me about that? So he said that while I was back home in New York, because I went back to New York about once a month because I hated Nashville so much. I drove 10 and a half hours one way each time to go back to New York once a month. When I would come back to New York, I would stay here for like two weeks on end and just work 
at a different location with my company so that I never had to use vacation time. It was honestly like really great. He admitted that um, on one of my trips back to Buffalo, he had sex with someone that he met off Tinder. After they had sex, she told him that she had herpes and that he should get tested. He didn't even think to tell you. I'm flabbergasted. I thought it couldn't get worse at the funeral. No, it got so much worse, right? <laughs> this is worst case scenario, right? To find out how your boyfriend's cheating on you. Yeah, it was like, it was pretty rough. Of course, in true Q fashion, he said, well, it was probably you. You would always go home to New York. You probably cheated on me. Uh, no. And I was like, excuse me? I have been so loyal to you after everything you've put me through. Everything you've put me through. But it gets worse. I, I It gets worse. Getting worse? It gets worse. There's no way it can get worse. No, it gets worse. <laughs> it gets worse. Okay. Um, I found that out in like January. I forget what year. Now I feel super trapped because now I'm like, who's ever going to love me with an STI? Because I didn't, I didn't know any better. This is not something that even changes my life, doesn't affect me. I have never had a partner that I've disclosed to that it's ever turned me down, but it's made me like more sexually confident because I'm not going around giving my cookie to whoever I want. You have to earn my trust to be intimate with me now. As messed up as it was, it's made me like respect my sexuality a lot more. I've learned a lot because of it. And people with STIs deserve sex and intimacy and relationships just as much as people without because it doesn't affect my life at all. Yeah, it's awkward to have the conversation, but I've never had it go wrong. Mm -hmm. So I have to like thank him for that because it's made me well-rounded woman now because I respect my body a lot more than maybe I did before. Luckily, having herpes is one of the most manageable STIs, at least from the research that I've done, because you get what are called outbreaks and that's when it's like extremely transmissible. Um, I take a pill every single day and I am female and currently the partner that I'm seeing now is male. With me being on, a, on medication, female to male, the transmission rate is less than 1%. So like we have unprotected sex, but it's really up to me to be mindful of my body and just like know if like something is going on because you'll get these symptoms ahead of time before you get an outbreak. So I've had this for a couple of years now. So I got it down. I got it down. I know when she's coming. I know when I'm going to have an outbreak. So it's like no big thing. Okay. But I also like haven't had an outbreak in like over a year because I know how to manage it. So it really doesn't affect my sex life at all. Q just like took you to bed and then told you after, you yeah. know, but you do the respect of being like, before we do this, be aware because I don't want to make you feel what was taken from me. Absolutely. And something that I really pride myself in is giving my potential partner a choice. Me having an STI, that is your choice if you want to be intimate with me because that choice was made for me. And I'll be damned if I make that choice for anyone else because I wasn't given that respect. So I would never do that to someone. And I have like little rules. If I go on a date with you, I have like a minimum of like four to five dates before I even have the conversation because I need to know that I can trust you. I have to make sure that you're emotionally mature. I have to make sure that you're like sexually fluid in a way that like you would understand like where I'm coming from. And I've practiced my disclosure phrase, sentence, paragraph, whatever so many times now. Just but... sexual elevator pitch. I got it. Yeah, like literally. <laughs> well, first of all, I'm that is such a heartbreaking way to put it is that the choice was made for you. Good for you for managing consequence of somebody else's actions and just being so upfront with them. It does get worse. So if you remember like one of the first things I said about Q is that we shared the love of EDM, like going to festivals and shows. I became friends with a girl that he met at school. We were really, really hit it off. She's from Nashville, loves country music, the whole like whatever. And I like EDM. And she was just like, I've never like gotten into rave music. Like, do you think you can bring me sometime? I would love to bring you. Got her rave out 
outfits, like took her to her first show. We had like so many photos together. She was all over my Instagram, but she is Q's friend from school. But I was like, yeah, I finally have like a friend. Like, this is awesome. I would take her to shows and everything. And like, in my opinion, like before I get to the end, I made her cool personally because like she was kind of boring. Like she was just kind of, you know, like boring and like vanilla. And like, it was just like every other girl in Nashville, like liked country music, wore cowboy boots. And that was it. Like no shade, but like, that's just not me. We were just very opposite. But yeah, put a little spice in there. But my friend Daniel, we all went out to the bars for like St. Patrick's Day or something. Like, I don't know. Daniel leaned into me and was like, I don't like that girl. There's something about her. I don't like her. And I was like, no, like she's great. Like she's nice. Give her a chance. Daniel was just like, I don't like her. And I was like, get the f- over it. Like, she's my friend. I like her. We went to a show. She was just like, I really want to try Molly for the first time. And I was just like, say less. Like, let's do it. <laughs> say less. I'm like, I'm down. Let's do it. It'll be a good time. But she was just like, well, I know a guy. Like, I'll I'll get it. I'm like, okay. Like, that's weird. Bad idea. It was like, not good. It was, t- it was like a very bad experience. I won't even get into it. I was like, very paranoid because of the Molly that we took. They were like, cozying up on our couch. This girl. Wait, her Daniel? Her and Q. On your couch? Yeah. So we'll call her Allie. How about that? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Allie and Q are like on the couch, like on their phones together, like giggling or whatever. And then they were like on the back patio, like giggling. And I'm in my room and I text Daniel and I was just like, something feels weird about this, but I don't know. It's just because like the drugs were bunk and I like, I feel kind of weird. And he is like, I'll have my boyfriend stop by. I'm like, okay, cool. So his boyfriend at the time, his name was Jess. He stopped by. He like came in like my bedroom and I told him what was going on. He was like, no, like something's definitely weird. Something like weird is going on. Cause the moment I went out there, they like stopped touching each other and like separated a little bit. They're like getting all cozy or whatever. And I'm just like, okay, again, the drugs were bunk. Like it's like, I'm just being paranoid. More and more time goes on. They're just like super close and everything's like a little bit weird. I just decided one day in Buffalo, I'm not going back to Nashville. I'm not happy. This man's cheated on me. He gave me herpes. I like hate my job. I was just visiting Daniel for a weekend, like a long weekend. I just had a backpack full of whatever like clothes I could fit. My makeup, that's it. And I never went back. Wow. I called Q and I was like, yeah, so um, I'm not coming back home. He was like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm never coming back to Nashville again. You can keep all my shit throw it away. I don't care, but I'm not happy there. You're not making me happy. And I don't know if we can do long distance or what, but I'm not coming back to a place that makes me miserable. He was actually like, I understand, but I want to make this work. Weird. Interesting. So we're like making it work and we adopted a new dog. We were meeting up once a month in Columbus just to go to a dog park, just so that he can like see, see our dog and like visit or whatever. Whenever I would see him, I was like losing feelings for him slowly, but shortly. And I ended up meeting my ex-girlfriend. So we will call her G. G, most amazing woman on this planet. Love her to death. The one that got away. She was just like, what are you doing with this dude? Like we were like really good friends first. So like before we started dating, she was just like, this guy treats you like shit. Like, why aren't you with him? Like, why are you with him? And I was like, I don't know. She's like, you need to just break up with him and be done. So I did. I just called him. I'm like, this isn't working. I met someone else. She makes me happy. And like, 
we're done. It was amazing until I got a text message from my friend Alexis in Nashville. She was just like, hey, so I just want to let you know that I've been like going over to your old apartment and like hanging out with Q. Like we would all hang out. They would like smoke weed or whatever. He made a move on her and like made out with another human. And I'm just like, what is going on? She was like, I have to tell you something else. Him and Allie had been hooking up the entire time that me and Q were dating. So this girl that I was best friends with in Nashville was sleeping with my boyfriend the entire time. And when I texted her about it, and I'll also never forget this, I was like, hey, Alexis told me that you've been Q the entire time we've been dating, but I want to hear it from you. Is that true? And she was like, you're my girl. I would never do that to you. Me and Q are just friends. So now she's a liar. She's a liar, but also like just to backtrack for a second, when we went to that show that night, she came into my room and asked me to have sex with her. And Q was like, you should. I'm like, excuse me? Why would I have sex with her? Like we're dating. Looking back on it now, it was probably because it was like a kink for him or something. I don't know. It's like a really- What's really confusing to me about this entire situation is like you gave him a lot of out. You were like, hey, like I'm not coming back to Nashville. And then he's like, no, I want to make it work. And you would do this weird long distance thing. I mean, he had many opportunities where you would kind of like go to Buffalo to just be like, I don't want this anymore. He wanted you to move. He wanted you there. Yeah, it's so weird that he's going to continue to cheat on you, but also Mm -hmm. like be so determined to make sure that this relationship works out between you two. Very strange. Adding the alley thing on top of on top of it all, I was just like, I can't trust anybody. And Daniel was right. He was just like, I knew it. I called it. She's a bag. And so I was just like, I'm done. Like I am cutting ties with her, him. And I just blocked them on everything. And about a year goes by my friend, Alexis FaceTimes me. So I have like my shopping bags. I'm ready to go to the grocery store. And she was just like, why don't you sit in your car for a second? I was like, why does everyone tell me to keep sitting down? Why does this keep happening to me? So I know that like you, you don't follow Q on social media or anything. And I was like, yeah, no, like what, why would I like we broke up a year ago? She was just like, so Q and Allie are engaged. That's yeah. so bizarre. That's so and weird. The part of it that like made me sick, obviously Alexis showed me photos of their engagement. Me and Q took a trip to the Adirondacks mm-hmm. and I said, if you were ever going to propose to me, this is where I'd want you to propose to me. No, he proposed. He proposed to her in the same spot that I said I wanted to be proposed to him. That's so effed up. Yeah, because he couldn't come up with an idea on his own. That's screwed yeah, up. He's like, well, my ex-girlfriend gave me a great idea. We'll just go straight to the Adirondacks. Stupid. No wild to me. From the beginning, she was never his. And now she's like, well, I guess we can just spend the rest of our lives together. Yeah, <laughs> ugly behavior. Who knew Newbie. this vanilla chick had it in her? I know. I found out that they just got married like a month and a half ago. They honeymooned in Hawaii. But, you know, Mother Nature, she came in because there was a huge storm in Hawaii yeah. that weekend that they were there. I don't know what's going on. I obviously don't wish like ill will on them, but like them. So put me through all of that and then ended up proposing to and marrying my friend. You were not wrong. It got worse. It, got- it gets worse. Like every little segment. Oh, I was about to oh, say, yeah. is this I the end? Is this it. where, is this where it stopped? No, this is the end. Uh-huh. Okay. That is finally the end. I have no other twists and turns for you. I can breathe. <laughs> I know. Well, uh, hopefully they had the world's most miserable honeymoon. We can at least uh, rest in that. And don't think yeah. she didn't hear about it uh, on their wedding day. Yeah. His friend snapped me during their wedding and like, as a joke was like, weird. That doesn't look like you. Uh.
<laughs> was the ring small? How it was like, was okay. okay. I, again, it was just kind of like- Mommy and daddy bought it. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure. Not trying to be a mean girl, but like, I feel like I'm justified being a mean girl for once. Okay. She's just like basic and like the ring was kind of basic. And I'm just like, you're so boring. Was but at least you're the, consistent. Was it the gold band with the oval? I feel like that's the universal basic ring people are getting. How did you know? Yeah, I'm telling you, because it's the basic ring that everyone <laughs> I could see it. I could see it. That's so freaking crazy. I want to, yeah. so normally this is the point where I'm like, well, what did you learn from this? But I feel like just a lot of shit happen to you <laughs> and you just yeah. like you just don't know who to trust like that's the moral of the story yeah a lot of lessons were learned and like I'm not perfect like I definitely like got in a relationship after me and G broke up was also like very very toxic I have grown so much as a woman since my relationship with Q that I know that when I go to sleep at night I did nothing wrong but those two now that they're married have to look at themselves in the mirror every single night knowing what they did to me I hope I hope like they can learn something from it but I just I think that their behavior was super ugly and they're ugly people with ugly behavior so they belong together well, and I'm just of, like too good for that well it's kind of gross that that's what their marriage is basically built on is this whole literally non-consensual threesome happening yeah so gross and I you know what I hope they had the world's most miserable honeymoon clearly the world's most miserable wedding if you were going to tell a girl who was in a situation like you where she was feeling really trapped in a relationship in a really toxic situation what would you tell that girl pack a bag and get the out the moment the flag is no longer white. I overlooked pink flags, red flags, black flags, and I will never do that again. Is there a moment that you look back in your relationship with Q where you're like, you know what? I should have left at that moment. When he cheated on me with that 18 year old. Yeah. That should have been it. That should have been it. Cause like, regardless, my dad still would have passed away, but I could have been surrounded by people who loved and cared about me and had my best interests at heart. You know, I truthfully believe that because of the person I was, at the time. That's why my relationship with my ex-girlfriend didn't work out. She will forever be the one that got away forever. And I have to live with that. My life could have been a lot different if I would have made that decision the moment he was unfaithful with a literal child. Fresh out of high school. Straight yeah, out of the graduation stage. Literally. I would say, listen to your gut. Well, I believe that everything works out for a reason. So are you in a new relationship? Oh, girl, let me tell you. Ah, yeah. Tell us about him. This man, this man, amazing, amazing man, treats me like an absolute goddess, is like six years older than me, Ooh, but is super man. successful, beautiful house, super kind, wants to like know my friends, meet my friends. He also lost his mom. So we kind of like trauma bond on that, which I know sounds kind of weird, but when you date someone that hasn't experienced the amount of loss that you have, there's always this imbalance that can sometimes be really hard to navigate. But I've been talking to this man for like a little over a month and I'm just like, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. I'm keeping you. <laughs> Lock that man down. You got to propose to him. <laughs> I know. I really, I really should. I told him I had HSV and he was just like, I don't care. Can I go down on you now? And I was like, yes. <laughs> I'm like giving you a standing ovation or giving this man a standing ovation. Yeah, he's amazing. Well, that's awesome. I'm so glad I ended up working out, even though it was a uh, treacherous road. <laughs> it was a show. You can say it. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm so sorry that happened to you. No, it's it, all right. It keeps, it's all worse. it keeps getting worse. Normally with these stories, there's like one defining moment where you're like, ooh, that like really sucks. This is like seven stories in one. I know. I'm sorry. I like, I could gab and gab about it. I honestly left, like left out a bunch of like other details, but you get the gist. Like yeah. it's a lot. How long was the relationship total? Six years. Oh my gosh. That's so long. Big chunk of my life. Yes, man. Well, now you're out in Nashville, which I think is um, the greatest place on earth. I'm glad 
glad you are in a beautiful <laughs> home with a beautiful man because, you know, you can't get much better than that. And, you know, it's like a lot of people walk out of relationships like you've been through and they kind of like move forward from these things. And like you have all these regrets and these like mistakes that you made and you hate yourself for so much. But I don't think you'll ever regret what you learn. We see that a lot talking to these people. It's like, yeah, but I would have never learned that or I would have put up with that for the rest of my life. These things, because mm-hmm. most of these stories start with, oh, I was going to spend the rest of my life with this person. And it's like, think out of your where you are, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and some people don't draw those lines. You know, it's like you unfortunately kept taking him back, take, kept taking him back. It's that day that you had that moment of strength. You know what? No, I have a backpack full of stuff and I'm not going back. And now I am a uh, free therapist to all my friends. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Oh, hell yeah. Happy to do it. As long as, you know, my story reaches someone that helps someone. Hey, thanks so much for listening all the way to the end of the podcast. If you like this story, we would love it. If you left us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, that always means so much to us. Also, if there's something that you related to or if there's a comment you wanted to make about the story, my DMs on Instagram are always wide open. I love hearing from you. Next week's episode is going to be another good one. So if you want to check out what you're going to be listening to next Tuesday, check out the trailer. It's up now. I'll see you next week and on Thursday for our mini episode.